Kia ora, I'm Erin Keem and you're listening to Conversations About Closets with my closest thousand friends. I started this project to get me through a gloomy Seattle winter, which was hitting me hard. The thing is, I love women. Why not showcase them? Why not call women I've never met, have our first conversation, record it and turn it into a podcast? So that's what I did. I didn't edit, I still don't. Some days I'm on fire, some days not so much, and sometimes I even forgot to ask questions about closets. But all my guests are amazing. Listen up, get to know them, you'll be glad you did. If you want to be a guest on my show, go to erinkeem.com. I'd love to meet you. Aroha for listening, here's today's episode. Rebecca. Hello. Rebecca, thank you for flexibility. I apologize I got the time mixed up. I, I really appreciate you being a little um, able to accommodate. Yes, no problem. I remember when I met you at F-Bomb and then again at the W Source, I thought this is a woman I really want to meet because <laughs> we've never had a conversation really before and I've never met you in real life, but you had a story that I wanted to hear. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, the F-Bomb Breakfast Club is a Facebook group that we both belong to, by the way, started by the amazing uh, Megan McNally. Yes. And then the W Source is the WSource.com. And Rebecca and I were both guests uh, recently, which is how I got to see her again. But Rebecca, would you tell us about HR Uprise, which is your company? Yes, absolutely. So HR Uprise actually began a few years ago for me, and it was in the wake of Me Too. I was looking back, you know, all these conversations are happening in a new way, and I was looking back at my own experiences as a woman working in the business world um, and understanding my own experiences in a new way. I had new language, new understanding um, of what had actually happened to me. Um, but I was also looking back at it as an HR professional. So I had spent up until that point about 15 years in in HR roles for big companies, small companies. And I thought, my goodness, how many times have I been a part of a creating creating this environment that has allowed harassment, discrimination to happen in the workplace? And of course, it was never intentional. But as we all know, um, intentions only get us so far. So I found I, myself with a lot to say, and I didn't see a whole lot of this conversation happening within HR. So I launched it as an Instagram account um, because I just wanted to see, you know, is there an audience for this? And I was, when I first launched, I called it HR Uprise because I was calling for an uprise within HR. And even though, so I launched and, and in that first week, it just absolutely exploded. And what was really interesting is in the, even from the very, very beginning, even though I was talking directly to HR about all the ways in which I think HR needs to get its act together um, and to do things differently, I started hearing immediately from non-HR people and their employees, individual employees reaching out to me saying, hey, I saw someone being harassed. How can I be a good ally without getting myself into trouble with HR? Or 
uh, layoffs are coming. The rumors are flying. Um, and I think I'm going to be laid off. Can I actually negotiate my severance package or do I just have to accept what's given to me? You know, and it's all of these kinds of questions that I thought, you know, if you had a trusted HR partner, um, you wouldn't feel the need to reach out um, to, in effect, a perfect stranger on the internet. And so it continues to this day. I still run the Instagram account, but through multiple iterations, HR Uprise is now a platform that connects people with coaches who have an HR or HR-related background to help them through those types of issues. Um, so it really, um, over the past few years, has really driven home um, how much of a need there is for um, people to have access to that kind of a resource, but in a truly independent way. And the Instagram account is flourishing. You will find it at, at HR Uprise, H-R-U-P-R-I-S-E. You have over 2,500 followers yeah. uh, on that Instagram account. And the posts are motivating, they're enlightening, and they are absolutely worth uh, Please make sure that you stop by. And uh, Rebecca's actual site is hruprise.com. And you'll notice it because the logo uh, is literally HR upside down. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's the idea is flipping the traditional model completely on its head. Well, the logo is sheer genius. Now, you talk about how the fact that traditional HR is designed to protect the company, but not the individual. Would you be able to tell me a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So, so the role of HR, there's uh, one of the things that I, that I noticed, again, especially in the early days of launching that Instagram account, I started to see these articles and they were headlines like, HR is not your friend and here's why. Or I was listening to interviews with women who were coming forward um, and talking, for instance, Gretchen Carlson was one of the first women to come forward against Roger Ailes um, from Fox News um, with her allegations of sexual harassment. And I heard an interview with her and she said, um, somebody had asked her what what her advice was to, to someone else who is experiencing harassment. She said, my advice is don't go to HR. And I kept hearing this over and over again. Um, and what's really interesting. So having spent now, um, you know, almost 20 years in, in HR roles, I know that I worked really hard and most HR people I know work really hard to build great relationships and sincerely do want to have a great company culture, um, at the company they work for, for all kinds of reasons. Um, but at the end of the day, the role of HR really is the primary objective, I should say, for HR is to protect the company. And so, of course, it, the, the right thing to do in many cases, let's take harassment again as an example. If it's clear that harassment is happening, the right thing to do for both the employee and for the company is to get rid of that person. But if ever there is a conflict between what's right for the employee and what's right for the company, the company is going to win out every time. And that is the ultimate, uh, what I call the double bind for HR um, that exists. Um, there are far too many, I ask my HR coaches to think about how many conversations have you sat through with an employee where you said to yourself, I just really wish I could tell you the full story. And there are too many to count if you're anything like I was. And ultimately, that drives home. This is the in those cases, you're protecting the company when you are not telling the employee the full story. 
So this is why you are on, I, I'm on your Twitter account as well, uh, which is HR, at HR Uprise. This is why you're on a mission to level the playing field. And that's why you connect employees with independent HR coaches. That's right. So this is really what I say, a completely new way to think about HR. And so it's making coaches available. Again, people who have this wealth of experience. So HR professionals um, tend to have great experience and great knowledge about the inner workings of companies, how things typically work. Um, you know, we've sat across the table uh, for so many years and so that experience is really valuable, but the power with this platform um, is that we remove that obligation to the company completely. It's essentially, you know, I talk to HR professionals and they confirm for me over and over again um, that they play this role that I call the HR phone a friend, right? And so it's when a loved one or maybe it's a friend of a friend is going through something at work and they reach out saying, hey, could you help me through this? Um, you know, could you help me work through or do you have any advice for me? Or maybe they're looking for a new job and haven't had to interview in years. Um, you know, it, it can run the whole gamut. Um, but what's really powerful about those moments is that I can step outside of my obligation to the company and I can give them the completely unfiltered, um, unfettered advice about here's how you need to protect yourself or, you know, here's some things to know. Here's some questions to ask. Here's how it usually happens within big companies. You know, we can give them that kind of advice. And so this platform is really just making that type of resource available for individual employees, but on a much broader scale. And you can communicate with uh, your, your coaches communicate via messaging, via live chat, via phone and via video, which is perfect in right. this time where, where people need private one-on-one -on -one meetings and we're not able to travel. Uh, we, we can have these conversations, which can be very personal from the comfort of our yes. own home. Yep, exactly. We really do want to make it easy um, to connect with a person's, you know, it's each individual's perfect coach. And, and I see on your website, uh, become a coach. Would you tell me a little bit more about sure. that? So really we're looking for coaches with a whole variety of backgrounds and experience levels. Um, so we're looking for people with an HR generalist background, um, recruiting, talent acquisition. Uh, we're looking for people with a background in benefits and compensation, people with experience with employee relations, outplacement, unemployment, um, we have some life coaches um, and also some executive and leadership coaches or performance coaches as well. So we really do have a wide, wide variety. Um, we started with the HR roles because that is again where we see the greatest need um, that's not existing out in the marketplace anywhere that I've seen yet. Um, but yeah, it really does um, run the gamut. So anybody with a, a background similar to that, um, we're definitely looking to connect with you. Can I advocate for getting a coach no matter what your situation yes. is? I've been coached throughout my life uh, unofficially. Officially, I have a business coach. I have mentors. And I have gotten further, faster. Uh, a coach will save you years, will save you time, money, emotional stress, emotional pain. You will get further faster with a coach. Absolutely. I completely agree. I have had the same experience personally. And and that's really, again, what we hope to offer. Um, 
when you think about it, a lot of times uh, people don't get access to an executive coach, especially if the company is paying for it. You you don't get access to that until much later in the career, you know, or when you reach the VP level or C-suite. But we really do want to give people access to great coaches much earlier in their career. I had a painful HR experience. Well, no, no, let me reframe that. It had nothing really to do with HR. I was fired from a reality TV show, which is completely different. But I was also managed out of a role, uh, a corporate role, uh, when I was in my early 30s. And I completely understand why I was managed out of that role. I was suffering from deep depression at the time. And it wasn't the right place for me to be. I, I, it wasn't the right role, but I am so blessed that my sister, who uh, founded, who co-founded Fuel50, which is an AI-driven talent experience platform, uh, she came in, and she's my younger sister, but she came in and she sat mm-hmm. with me, and she was able to represent me and not the company. And thanks to her, I was able to leave with with dignity and I was able to leave feeling uh, it, it was a positive experience uh, thanks to her being by my side and advocating for me when I couldn't advocate for myself. I'm so glad you had that experience. Um, it, I'm glad that it ended that way. I should say that. I'm sorry for what you experienced. I have had something similar myself. You know, I was working in a toxic work environment. Um, And again, this was some of my new understanding um, in the wake of me too. Um, But that environment didn't turn toxic until I spoke up about the double standard that existed for women. Um, And in that same work environment, um, I experienced blatant pregnancy discrimination. A week after I told the CEO I was pregnant with our second child, he told me I was going to be laid off. And I, at that point, I had been working for decades in HR. I knew how things worked, and yet I couldn't quite believe what I was experiencing. And I've thought so many times I really could have used someone like your sister. Um, I really could have used someone by my side to help me weigh through the options, um, you know, to help me think about how I wanted to leave that environment. And and then once I made that decision, you know, thinking about how, how do I be- put my best foot forward when I interview for new jobs? How do I talk about why I left that job? You know, um, and even then negotiating salary for my new job and then, you know, and on and on and on. I think there are just so many ways that we can all really benefit from having somebody right by your side, having somebody who's looking out for you and doesn't have to worry about competing interests at all. So I think we all deserve that. In so yes. many areas of our life, to have, to have unconditional, positive support, somebody who's in our corner and who's able to be objective because it is such, uh, just speaking for my from my own experience, it was such an emotional roller coaster. And uh, to have somebody who's able to come in and even just be kind when we, you know, when we're going through so much, which I I was treated very kindly, but that's not always the case. And I'm so sorry for for the pregnancy discrimination. I can't, I mean, I can believe it, but you were in (laughs) Yes. I, I mean, of all of all the women to come to and and say you are going to be laid off 
because of this life decision. You were in <laughs> HR. I know. What? Well, and honestly, that was part of what contributed to me really struggling to fully understand that whole experience for so long, because it was this, how on earth is this happening? You know, what year is this again? And, you know, how on earth is this happening to me now? I'm the head of HR, you know, I mean, it was just all of these things. And so for a long time, quite frankly, I internalized it, you know, it was this, well, it must be me. It must have been something I did. Um, And I understand now, no, absolutely. It was exactly what you thought it was. um, And it wasn't right. um, And you absolutely could have sued. um, But it's also completely, it's completely valid that you decided not to, because you didn't want to become the target in the press. You know, that's also a completely valid option. And so, you know, just getting getting some new understanding and some perspective. Um, it took me a few years and I think I could have moved much further and much faster, you know, had I had someone like that by my side. So if I'm hearing you correctly, there was no one there to validate you and say, this is happening. This is wrong. You are not crazy. I mean, I certainly had, you know, plenty of friends and family um, who who played that. Oh, wow. No, this is this is craziness. Um, But, you know, even even friends um, who had an HR background, um, you know, didn't have a whole lot. It was sort of a bewildering experience. Um, So, you know, being able to reach out to somebody to say, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, this is what I'm experiencing. Have somebody say, I believe you. Um, and, you know, let's talk through your options um, and let me help you through this. Yeah, it would have it would have made a huge difference. Which is why you, yes. one of the primary reasons you started Absolutely. HR Uprise. So your experience, uh, which should never have happened, is going to benefit so many women. So I Mm. thank you for that. Well, thank you for saying that. It honestly was probably uh, what kept me in the role longer than I should have been um, was I stayed and I thought, you know, my goodness, this all started because I was trying to speak up on behalf of the women in the organization. Um, And if I leave, who's who's going to speak for them? You know, if it's not me and and it was literally in my job description (laughs) to to raise these kinds of issues as the head of HR. you know, if I, if I leave, who's going to speak up for them? Um, and it really broke my heart, the number of women who reached out to me after I gave my notice um, to say, oh my goodness, I can't believe you stayed as long as you did. <laughs> but then also to say, um, you know, I'm just, I'm jealous that you have other options that you can leave because there were a lot of them who couldn't. Um, and so, yes, in a way, this is, this work now is my way of speaking up for them. Um and my way of giving support when I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could before. Thank you. I just want to say, yeah, thank you. Uh, I was reading a blog of yours where you say, you don't fail your family when you choose not to pursue legal action because you don't want to become a target in the public sphere. Right. Yeah, that was that was that experience. Um, and yeah, I chose I chose not to pursue legal action, even though I think it probably would have been a pretty open and shut. Um, I 
I chose not to because I didn't want to continue to be targeted. Um, I think it would have, it was a fairly well-known company for the city I was living in at the time. And I think it would have become, um, you know, press and I would have continued to um, have been targeted. And I just wasn't, I had been going through it for months and I wasn't up for that anymore. And so for a long time, I did view it as I had failed my family Um, because, again, I had seen how this goes, you know, when people threaten legal action, a lot of times they can get a settlement. And, um, you know, I walked away. I quit before I was actually fired um, because I just couldn't continue. Um, And so, again, I I now understand that was a perfectly valid option and, and it was the best call I could have made at the time. Um, but it took me a long time to really understand it in that way. Yeah, you, right. you did nothing wrong. Uh, it's, it's, there is the, the flip side of, of that is that it's, um, we can be shamed for yeah. some of the decisions we make. And that is just as discrediting as uh, being shamed in other ways. Speaking of discrediting, you say that it is a classic tactic to call somebody mm-hmm. a problem performer. Yeah, we see that so often. And and, and that you say that's basically if somebody challenges the status quo, they're told they're yeah, a it's problem. a it's a pretty um, common tactic. So, and I've seen this happen in um, a lot of companies. Again, all sizes, um, all ages of companies. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty frequent tactic of it's, it's a way of, um, minimizing, um, and discrediting the person who is speaking up. Um, you know, they're challenging the status quo in a number of ways. And I will say, um, this is especially true if it's a woman in the workplace and it is particularly true if it's a person of color, um, women of color are, um, I think affected the most, um, with this, when they speak up um, on behalf of themselves or a group and challenge uh, what has been um, the way that things have worked um, that, you know, then all of a sudden, um, you know, the person who used to be a top performer get all of the the top uh, marks on reviews or even worse than that, if it's not documented in that way, um, you know, someone who's just gotten a lot of positive feedback all of a sudden, um, you know, there's everything that you do start to be nitpicked um, and, you know, decisions are criticized and, um, you know, what are you doing and where are you spending your time? And, um, you know, those are not the things you're not all of a sudden not meeting expectations. Um, and again, it's pretty, pretty common um, that the biggest, um, the, the thing that, that turned the tide um, was that that ha- person happened to speak up. And that's something that's really easy to internalize as well. Oh, maybe I am a problem performer. Have I, maybe I'm not meeting expectations. Um, so I think it's really important to call that out too and to, to recognize that. Yeah, uh, you are not the problem. We talked very briefly. I wanted to ask yeah. you about clothing and HR. That I remember I've, I've had a variety of roles. <laughs> now I work for myself and I can wear whatever I want. 
but I have I do work with women to up level their style in order to uh, as as a friend of mine said she can tell exactly how much money a a female speaker is going to ask oh, for by by what she's wearing you know rightly yeah rightly I mean obviously rightly and wrongly right. there's so much to unpack there uh, that that is a whole a whole nother conversation and a thesis <laughs> and a three day conference but. Could you speak a little bit to your experiences of clothing expectations and some ways that you may have helped people handle that? Well, what I will say is I think that um, expectations around clothing and and how we present ourselves in the workplace are changing. Um, And I think that's a really good thing. Um, I would say I think that we need to have much, much more... um, a broader, a much broader definition for what it means to look quote unquote presentable in the workplace um, or professional is another term that's used frequently. Um, again, I think that these have been terms that historically it's been really easy um, for us to marginalize people um, and to ask, uh, again, women and people of color uh, to fit in in the workplace um, in ways that um, have asked them to be somebody else. Um, So whether that's hairstyles, whether that's the clothing choices that they make. Um, So I think that in a lot of ways, um, HR has historically used dress code um, as a bit of a weapon um, and a bit of a way to keep people um, uniform, (laughs) no pun intended, but to keep people looking um, exactly the same. Um, And I do see that changing. Um, You know, there used to be, um, it used to be really common for companies to uh, not allow visible tattoos. um, And that is changing really dramatically. Um, So, so I do see that changing. Um, I would love to see HR um, really play a role in, Um, broadening the definition of what's considered professional, um, you know, and helping to make, make the workplace um, a place that truly is open for all. So when we say bring your authentic self to work, we really truly mean it for every member of the team. I help my clients dress in alignment yeah. with their values and their goals with the primary primary uh yeah I, I want them to make an impact i want them to earn more money so they can change the world you mentioned tattoos i was at a company last week and i was talking to a beautiful beautiful woman of color and about this very subject and also her co-worker who i was wondering why her arms were covered so extensively and she had been told her tattoos she simply could not show her tattoos at work and even in in 2021 but this was a this was a conservative company and they dealt primarily uh their clientele was primarily uh people in their 60s 70s 80s so i do believe it was uh based on the demographic of their of their clientele but yeah, I, I asked her, would she show me her mm-hmm. art? And it, and it was magnificent. And it was a shame that it had to be hidden. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I, 
only uh, asked you for 20 minutes of your time and you have been incredibly generous. In oh, of course. Thank you so much for inviting me. May I double check? The best way to get hold of you is to go to straight to, yes. straight to HR Uprise. Uh, there's also Instagram and there's Twitter, but go straight to the website first. But you can find Rebecca Yes, Weber absolutely. And HR Uprise is on LinkedIn as well. Thank, Thank you, you for Thank having me. Thank you so me. much for your time today. Bye. I look forward to talking to you soon.